We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sarah, those who have followed our show for a while now know just how wishy-washy and inconsistent that ESPN Stephen A. Smith has been when it comes to covering the Ravens. Oh, yeah, that's especially true during those Lamar Jackson contract negotiations, Bobby. But that's neither here nor there with what we're about to talk about here because Stephen A. presented his weekly list of top five NFL teams league-wide. And I just know it had to pain him based on where he put Baltimore ranked through nine weeks of the season. That's right. We're going to get into it. I'm Bobby Trossett, as always, joined alongside by Sarah Ellison. It is Thursday, November 9th, and this is your morning Ravens update from Inside the Vault. So we've discussed Lamar Jackson's leadership in recent days, and turns out during his weekly press conference Wednesday, Number eight gave, in, gave even more insightful answers on his approach to being more vocal. Plus, he talked about how going up against the number one Ravens defense in this league, he, he faces them every day in practice. So he talked about how that is helping him out personally. Plus, one of the shortest injury reports in recent memory came out on Wednesday for the Ravens. And it looks like it bodes well for right tackle Morgan Moses, specifically entering Week 10. Looking at that versus the Browns, it'll be quite the sight when we get to that point. But we have all of that. And guess what? More coming up. So thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Listen. We just can't, just because it's been so entertaining at this point. The guys at First Take, they gave takes that have been just horrendous dating back to those Lamar Jackson contract days, but they've been, they've been slowly moving over, slowly talking a little bit more positively about the Ravens. Stephen A has had them in their top five. Well, on Tuesday, I believe it was, or Wednesday, he uh, he put him up pretty darn high. Check this out. I got to go to number one. No, give it to me right now. The Baltimore Ravens. Huh. Look, y'all. Lamar Jackson leading the league in completion percentage. 
obviously leading the lean in rushing yards from the quarterback position. As I said earlier, we haven't had a quarterback do that for a full season since Steve Young in around 1994. We have to understand that. We also have to understand that Lamar Jackson and as prolific as that mm-hmm. offense has looked from time to time, we're boat racing the Detroit Lions and the Seattle Seahawks and their defense. Number one scoring defense, number one red zone defense, number one in sacks. These brothers are no joke. I got the Ravens, the Eagles, the Chiefs, the Bengals, and the Jacksonville Jaguars as my top five teams in the National Football League for this week. But keep in mind, the list is fluid. All right. (laughs) The list is fluid, Sarah. The list is fluid. You know what's been fluid? You know what's been awfully fluid? What's that? Jeff Saturday's life over the last year. (laughs) It's crazy to see him (laughs) back in the studio, you know? Like... Wow. I mean, to go from the interim to, to you know, for e- from ESPN to the interim head coach for Indianapolis. Now he's back in the studio. Wow. Yeah, no, he's he's back in there and I I cut it off, but he roasted Stephen A for this list. Uh, he's like, <laughs> just because it's fluid doesn't mean that you get a pass for speaking nonsense, you know. But he, he basically, you know, railed them for putting Ravens number one uh, ahead of the Eagles. Uh, which, you know, Eagles have, you know, one less loss than the Ravens. So that obviously wouldn't have been crazy if he reversed those two. But it, it's just it's how far we have come. Bobby Trossett with Stephen A. Smith. He's got him at number one. But, you know, it, uh, you know what? Maybe it doesn't pain him. Maybe it doesn't hurt him because he is so fluid. He just doesn't see. There's no shame with Stephen A. Smith. It's just like. Move with the winds in the air. Move with the the waves of the sea. Whatever, whatever it is that week. So, uh, don't don't you like have any illusions here? If the Ravens were to slip up even a little bit, even a little bit, you know he'll have no problem taking another extreme view and speaking down on him. Yeah, the, what ESPN asked him to be too, like the NBA expert, the pickleball expert. I'm just kidding, but like I saw pickleball <laughs> on ESPN last night. I was like, "What? This is this is crazy." Celebrity pickleball, crazy how far that that sport has come in such a short amount awesome. of time. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. I just couldn't believe it was being aired in celebrity form yeah. on ESPN. But uh, I say when it's not Thursday night football or anything else, it's like, that's what I that's what I'm watching on a weeknight. <laughs> and uh, but. But yeah, to, to me, it's like Philadelphia and Kansas City, when you represent your respective conference in the previous Super Bowl and you're still in the conversation the next season, you deserve the honor, in my opinion, of if we're going to talk rankings week to week, unless you've fallen off a cliff or lost personnel, mm. you deserve to be in the top. And so mm-hmm. I would, I still have those two teams in my rankings, if I'm doing mm-hmm. those rankings, above Baltimore. But the Ravens are absolutely right there. They're right there in the top five. And I like how everybody's given some respect to Jacksonville because they're going to be a problem in the postseason. And I think they showed that last year towards the end of the stretch, just how much of a turnaround that they they made in the second half. They're coached by a, you know, a Super Bowl champion and, and Doug Peterson. Trevor Lawrence is off to, to a solid start in his what second year or, or third year. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the, the teams that are in the list. My order would just be a little off. And I, I give a lot of respect to the teams that were there last year that have continued to stack this year and are relevant. Yeah. I mean, to me, uh, like these lists are a little bit more like, uh, I, I do agree with him that it's like, who's the best right now. But when you're this close where the Eagles have one less loss and the chiefs and the Ravens are tied, I wouldn't fault anybody who were like, 
you know what? You're top dog until somebody knocks you off. And so it's the Chiefs and the Eagles who have been in the Super Bowl. And if they're, you know, essentially the same record as the Ravens, I wouldn't mind anybody putting the Ravens at number three if they're like, uh, hey, I have to see it. I want to see the top dogs knocked off. So you put you put the Ravens number three. But that being said, I definitely think Ravens are top three. Like I think, you know, if the Ravens played Eagles or the Ravens, if this was like the NBA and they had to do it best out of seven, you know what I mean? Like who knows? Those would be so close to being split, you know, who would come out. Uh, I don't think it would be like a, a sweep. Let's put it that way. I think it would be, these are very, very even teams. So now we just highlighted somebody who's very inconsistent and, you know, gets blown around by, by the winds, but we're going to transition to somebody who is extremely consistent, perhaps a little um, conservative in his predictions, this and that, but I wanted to highlight um, Jeff Zrebeck's latest column for The Athletic, Bobby. So what he did is he had an article where it had mid-season grades because we're now uh, nine weeks in. So, you know, 17 games. We're definitely at, at that halfway point, a little over the halfway point. And um, so he gave mid-season grades to each position group, and then he gave predictions to each position group. Now, I'm not going to read, uh, you know, you go over to The Athletic it, it, you have to pay for it. Well worth it just for Jeff's, you know, the subscription to, to read Jeff alone is good. But this is what I'll do. I'll highlight the grades for offense. Then we'll get your reaction, see what you think of them. Then I'll do the defense and we'll do special teams. Then I want to get to some of these predictions because I, I was a little surprised by one of his predictions because it seemed more like an ESPN-like prediction that you just kind of throw out there. So I felt like it carried more weight with Jeff predicting it. So that's a little teaser for that, but let's start with this. So his mid season grades for offense. Okay. He gives the quarterback position B plus the running back position B wide receiver C plus tight end B plus, And then the offensive line, a B. Is there anything in there that kind of sticks out to you, Bobby? I guess I just look at that C plus and I wonder did he maybe look into, and I, you have the breakdown, so I'll let you answer my question here mm -hmm. in terms of you know position by position, what led him to, or maybe those are the predictions that you have in the script. But anyway, C+, did he stack the, the numbers up through nine weeks maybe against like competing teams and, and base that off of production, or is he basing that off of what he's seen on the eye test? Like, What do you think went into that grade? So I'll just read you that one since you're specifically asking about it. So wide receivers, he says, this group was bad in Pittsburgh. Otherwise, it has been getting open and limiting drops. It was always going to be impossible to have Flowers, Bateman, OBJ, Nelson Aguilar, and Devin Duvernay involved every week, but Baltimore's pass catchers have mostly taken advantage of a modest number of opportunities. Huh. So I think basically he's saying you got to ding them for just an awful week in Pittsburgh. Uh, which probably led to them losing the game. Um, and then otherwise, it's just kind of, yeah, modest modest numbers. I, I, I should have pulled it up, but I do believe the Ravens' passing game. And again, the passing game, just like the rest of the team, is very efficient. So passing yards um, is really a volume stat rather than an effective or efficient stat. But I, my guess is, like he's saying, a modest number of opportunities. Yeah, there just hasn't been... 
as many. Like there's no single wide receiver that's just like taken over and been like the superstar. I think Zay started the most strong. Um, so yeah, I think it's just modest. And then uh, the the Pittsburgh game is what dinged the, the receivers. Okay, so it seems like that game went from probably in the B range, and if not for that game, or if if not for that game, it's in the B range. But yep. because of that one game out of nine weeks, they find themselves in the C plus category. That's that's uh, I guess that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Let's keep going. And then just because I'll just highlight like uh, quarterback, just because it's it's Lamar, and I'm sure people want to know. He said Jackson did not play well down the stretch in losses to the Colts and Steelers. That plus the fumbles keeps him from an A. However, the Ravens have to be thrilled that Jackson looks more comfortable in Munkin's offense every week and is healthy, smiling, and playing at a high level. Okay. So, yep, very yeah, fair. I feel like that's fair. I feel like Lamar, as he continues to grow, can easily turn that into an A. I'll, I'll just say this um, tight end. Mark Andrews has been fantastic. You could maybe even give that an A, but I think the other guys haven't contributed as much. So that probably brings it down. And then offensive line, a B. I think he just he said he based it kind of on expectations he had with with so many vets returning. And so I think that's fair. I don't think Ronnie Stanley has been phenomenal. I think Tyler Linderbaum probably has been phenomenal. Uh, Zeitler has always been Zeitler solid. Simpson has been, I feel like, great, especially in run blocking. Probably not as great in, in, in pass blocking, but so I feel like B is pretty fair there too. So overall, not not terrible stuff. All right, so let's move on to defense. Okay, he gives safety an A, cornerback a B plus, inside linebacker. I should have put in, I have accidentally wrote LV. It's an LB, obviously. Las Vegas. Uh, but inside, yeah, it does look like a, a Super Bowl kind of thing. All right, so uh, inside linebacker, an A. Outside linebacker, A minus. Defensive line, A minus. So everything is in the A category. The only thing that dips below A is cornerback, and that's a B plus. Yeah, this is fine. This this is fine. If it was the last couple of weeks, it'd be an A for cornerback because we know Brandon Stevens and Marlon Humphrey right, have been playing out of their minds, and Marlon's starting to get healthy, and Brand's becoming locked down, especially in coverage snaps, right? So, so this is all across the board. How can you argue with any of that? Hopefully, the cornerback, when it's all said and done, a couple months from now, is is an A as well. Uh, but, but yeah, I, no pushback from me in, in any of those categories. And how how could you? <laughs> right, right. So, um, uh, here's what's crazy to me. It's not like I think he's correct in these grades. I think if you went back to um, training camp, however. These grades would blow me away based off of like if 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 you had told me that the <laughs> yeah. Ravens would not have Tyus Pouser play a single game through more than half of the season, David Ajabo would be on IR again for most of the f- first half of the the season with an announcement forthcoming in week ten with an announcement forthcoming <laughs> that may or may not be uh, ominous. We'll see, um, but. He, we we were all concerned. I, I don't know if anybody was not concerned about the outside linebacker group. So the fact that they're an A minus, largely in part of the two last minute signings with Clowney and Van Noy, and Owe when he's been on the field, he's been. That's the other thing is, did you know that? Would you think you'd be an A minus if Odafe Owe missed probably half of the you know the first nine games? 
I mean, it's it's just unreal what they've done at the outside linebacker position. And defensive line is just is has lived up to. I think everybody kept waiting for Matabike to 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 jump out to to kind of have his breakout year, and he's doing that. Safety. Would you think it's an A at safety if you knew that Marcus Williams was only going to play in three games? And by the way, two of them he had to leave early. Like Geno Stone. Like the fact that that's an A is is mind boggling. That it's because Geno Stone is leading the league in in interceptions. But I think the only one that's not surprising is inside linebacker. Like we all knew that this was going to be the best duo in the league. Yeah, and this oh. might be a perfect segue into Chris Long, honestly, Sarah, just talking about the, the defense sure. and how special it's been. He's a former NFL defensive end. He's actually in our podcast network through the Blue Wire family. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. The show is called Green Light. We've featured him before. Uh, but here he is talking about Baltimore's defense after what we know was, yet again, another dominant performance against Seattle. And, and Chris has some colorful language here that we were sure to bleep out just so that kids can watch this. Uh, but this was pretty entertaining. Wait till you hear what he has to call uh, Adafe Owe. All right, this is good stuff. Here's what I think I realized about Baltimore yesterday. It's so easy to look at the sum of the parts. They don't have any superstars, right? Although I'd say Kyle Hamilton might be a superstar mm-hmm. in the making. Right. You know, you've got a you've got a corner who's who's a, you know a top five seven corner, depending on how you look at it when he's healthy. Um, the guys up front are good, but on paper before the season, it was a big question mark. Where are you getting your pass rush from? You bring in Clowney. It, that's a hit or miss year to year thing. Um, Matt BK's got eight sacks. Yep. OA had a sack yesterday on a spin. But here's what I think about this defense that people don't realize, and maybe Seattle doesn't realize it looking at them on, on film. But when you roll into Baltimore and you look across from you, you got that big inside, and you got Matt BK, you've got, you've got those two big, huge edge guys. OA looks like a. GI Joe, yeah. um, Clowney's huge. They're all—they're just big and physical. I think sometimes we—we—you can't measure that on. And film. then the second level moves fast, and they're just as physical as the front. They're, they're very Third physical on the back end. Van Noy playing great. Ball. Van Noy's Dude. playing great. He's had four sacks since he's been there. Yep. So like, they're physical. They play. They rush well off each other. Van Noy had a TE that was like a natural. They just. They're buying into the team defense concept. They remind me of the New England defense the year we got all out over our skis about them in 2018, I think it was, and we were like, they're historically good. We did this a month ago with Cleveland. Not so, right? They're not historically good. They're very good. Baltimore might be better than that New England defense, though. I, like, and again, they, you didn't know where the pass rush was coming from, but it's, they're leading the league in sacks. So a couple notes for me. First of all, the 2018 Patriots went on to win the Super Bowl. So just keep that in mind. They held the LA Rams high-powered that year to just three total points in that Super Bowl. So if history repeats itself with that comparison, good standing for Baltimore. Two, a G.I. Joe. Uh, if, if you're not familiar with G.I. Joe, go Google it. This is a yoked, shredded, bulked character. And Do people is not know what G.I. Joe is? I stole I w- my brother's G.I. Joes all the time to play with them. <laughs> Just in case, for some of our younger audience, perhaps, if it's not the hot thing anymore, mm. um, this, is a, this is a freak of nature. And we know that that's been the, the Adafe's calling card, right? That's what he's like leaned on as he tries to kind of develop himself and as an outside linebacker. Like, he, he is built like an ox. And so I just thought that was cool perspective from a guy who played defensive end, multi-time Super Bowl champ, understands what good defenses look like, 
and the Ravens have it at every level, whether it's depth, explosiveness, playmaking ability. Look at what they've done pressures-wise. Okay, PFF, most pressures charted, generated by a Ravens player in the 2022 season. We know guy who was sipping from the fountain of youth the first half of the year, Justin Houston with 39. <laughs> what about the most pressures generated by a Ravens player this season entering week 10? That's Jadavian Clowney who already – has hit the 39 mark. So, and this what's guy's on the other side about of 30 that is, and missed training camp. <laughs> yes. That's what's crazy. Is like <clears throat> Jeff had mentioned this in his thing. And I totally agree. There were so many of us that were like, like, yeah, the Ravens are going to, of course, resign Justin Houston. Like we, we kind of treated it as if it was like a, it was like going to happen. It was just an automatic thing. It was just like, not, not if, but when, and then they didn't. And everybody was like, what? You didn't pick up Justin Houston. And then it was like, well, again, EDC knows more than the rest of us because Clowney has like gotten, yeah, the same amount of pressures that Justin Houston had all of last year. He's already got it in nine weeks. Uh, unreal. Mm. And by the way, if anybody's wondering what Justin Houston's up to, I think he's on IR right now. Ooh. So he hasn't played. He hasn't. He hasn't played much. So the fountain of youth, at least this year, uh, dried up a little bit. But we wish him the best. I, I, I do want him to get healthy and finish the career, his career the way he wants to. I mean, such a good guy, but. Uh, seemed like EDC knew what he was doing. For sure. So you have some predictions that you want to rip through that Jeff provided, or what are we thinking time-wise? Yeah, yeah. Let me just get to a couple here. We don't need to do all of them, but but this is the one that like <laughs> really had me going. So his prediction for quarterback, and this is what I'm saying. You would you could hear this from like a fan. You could hear this from like ESPN, whatever. But to me, it has a little bit more weight when when Jeff says it. So Jeff's prediction at quarterback Jackson will win his second league league MVP award with an offensive line that is coming together nicely and a better grasp of what the Ravens do best offensively. Jackson is in a position to have a monster second half. If he remains healthy, Bobby, like I'm so focused where Lamar's focused, which is like more postseason. Can we get to the Super Bowl? All of that that I've kind of been like, I haven't really cared too much about the MVP stuff. Um, and I also kind of felt like it's such a stat-driven award that, you know, with him to like, to, to like, like we played the the clip of Mangini yesterday, right? And he's like, only nine touchdown passes, only nine touchdown passes. Like, that's that's nothing. And it, and it is low comp- compared to other quarterbacks. So to me, but but that doesn't really represent what, he's meant to this team, but because that award is so stat driven, I've kind of felt like he's not going to win it. But if he has this monster second half that Jeff is predicting, and he is already in the conversation, then watch out. It could happen for a second time. Sure. Anything else notable from his his list? Yeah. Yeah. Just real quick. So he thinks that Keaton Mitchell will become the team's number two back and move out. Uh, Hill. Yeah. Uh, he thinks that Beckham is going to win a game for the Ravens down the stretch. He thinks Andrews is going to set a career high in touchdowns. He thinks both Zeitler and Linderbaum will go to the Pro Bowl for the first time. It's crazy that Zeitler has never been there. Cool. Uh, he thinks Matabike will break Trevor Price's franchise single season sack record for an interior defensive lineman. That's the one that I want to hear. <laughs> there you go. Which, by the way, is 13. Um, and then a, uh, he said both Smith and queen will go to the pro bowl. So those are Jeff's predictions. Pretty nice. All right. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, Justin, boy, he is. Oh, man, what a career year for him so far, halfway through, and when he needed to have it personally in the middle of his contract year. Really happy for a guy who has developed for sure within this system. Shall we get to some of the notable sound from Wednesday's press conference? Let's do it. All right. So, you know, we we had that conversation about Lamar Jackson's leadership qualities. And sometimes if you're not looking closely, you might miss it. Right. He's not loud. He's not boisterous, but it doesn't mean he's not impactful. And I thought Captain Defense shared with us a cool tweet as well that I wanted to um, recycle or, re, you know, redistribute to our audience right now. So let me just make sure I have it. So Captain Defense, uh, Ravens diehard super fan wrote us. He was listening to our episode earlier this week, and he said, on Lamar's leadership, uh, been in the military for 24 years, Captain has. It's not how much you yell or scream. Quote, it's about your ability to influence the people around you, end quote. Ray did it his way. Roquan has his way, and Lamar has his way. The results are what matters, and I just thought that was a cool message from Captain D, and here's Lamar Jackson on some of his leadership qualities, which includes a little bit of uptick in the vocal nature side of things. So what you just said, like I'm more vocal than I was before. Um, early on, I was just wanting to learn, you know, um, the ins and outs of defenses in the NFL. But now, like me just saying them, 
each and every week, different defenses every week. Um, I got a lot more questions. Um, I see certain things, and then I want to just tell Coach, like, yeah, we should try to put this in, put this in the game plan, stuff like that. That's analytical and insightful. Not a lot there, but analytical and insightful, and it tells you, kind of gives you a little glimpse of what he's like, whether it's in the film room, behind the scenes, away from the cameras. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, that's that's like a real impact on game plans. I mean, it, when, when a quarterback is asking for it, then rather than somebody else trying to explain to him their vision, he already has the vision. You know what I mean? And so he can kind of command that more. Now, the other thing that I thought was cool is not only is he saying, now that I've watched all these different NFL defenses, I feel more comfortable of what can beat them. But then he talked about, he was asked, like, how going up against the Ravens defense, which is number one in terms of points allowed per game, number two in point in yards allowed per game. And so he was asked, how is going up against them every day helping you out? Just by, I, I believe... I'm not trying to toot our horn, but I believe our defense has no weakness uh, just from the defensive line, the linebackers, the secondary, how they flying around and disguising defenses uh, to make it look like one coverage, but it's something else. And, and how they how they um, time up their blitzes, it, it helps us out a lot, you know, because we playing other teams, they flying around giving us their best shot. It's like we saying one of the best defenses every day. I mean, that, that does have, I mean, that does have to help, right? Like if they're like, you in practice, you can keep attacking a certain area of the field that you know that it's weak. But he's like, well, <laughs> it's just like uh, no matter who up I go up against in the NFL, I've been up against a tough D DB group. I've been up against this LB group. I've been up against pressures. I've been up against confusing defensive coordinators. Like I got this. So, uh, and, yeah, you know, that was pretty Sarah, good. Like I've said this maybe once or twice on the vault, once or twice on my channel. I really do think like at the rate that they're playing defensively. It does allow for a certain level of margin for error, offensively speaking, in this ongoing process mm -hmm. to master Todd Munkin's new scheme with the personnel and, again, the new schematics that come with it. And whether that's what we're about to get into with some of the notes talked about when it comes to the mesh point, this ongoing issue between Lamar and Justice, or the fumbling that just that Lamar's been uh, involved in directly or the lack of protection on the left-hand side from Ronnie's gaffes here and there, like whatever it's been drops in Pittsburgh. It, it's, it's allowed for their dominance has allowed for those things to happen for allowed for those things to occur. And yet they're sitting at a seven and two record should be nine and oh, without a few of those things and sitting in a pretty dang good position entering, t you know, the 10th week of the season. 100%. I can't remember which turnover it was on on uh, Sunday against the Seahawks, but there were two of them. But after one of them, the Ravens defense went and got it right back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they or they hold guys to three points instead of giving up seven. So I 100% agree with you. Both Harbs and Lamar were asked about those mesh point fumbles specifically. Lamar said that he felt like it was um, them moving too fast and kind of being too antsy. He's like, we just got to slow down and do it correctly. So that was his. And then Harbaugh got detailed because somebody said, was there something specific to this one? He said, yeah, it was ball angles and how they do it. I mean, it is pretty. It's You'd think that a handoff, it's not even just a handoff, though, because he has to decide if he's going to keep it. He'll, he's going to let he'll have it or if he's going to keep it. So it's more than that, and it, has, and it becomes very detailed. And he talked about how the ball needs to be angled a certain way, yada, yada, yada. So they both gave their two cents on it. Um, and, and Harbaugh ended it by saying this is probably the biggest thing we have to work on. 
offensively speaking. Yep. So yep. there was that. And then the last thing, um, which we discussed, have discussed very, uh, just a little bit on this show, not a ton, but, uh, a reporter asked about, you know, Prochet and is it, yeah, Kenyon Drake, who's now over at the Browns. And so he asked on behalf of fans, which we get a lot too, is like, it, are those types of guys giving secrets to the other team? Like yeah. in terms of like, you know, calls at the line of scrimmage and what it means and yada, yada, yada. And Harb said he wasn't concerned because they changed that stuff pretty much weekly. So he's like, yeah, we're not letting that happen basically. So yep. those were the notes from the pressure that I pick up on. I don't know if you had any others, Bobby. No. And we just noted it on Wednesday's morning vault that Prochet is now activated. He's a part of the 53 man mm -hmm. roster. So he will be involved one way or the other, and he's going to have a chance to return to the team that drafted him on Sunday. So that's coming up. In terms of the injury report, as of Wednesday evening, Odell Beckham Jr. and Michael Pierce were two DNPs. Well, first of all, we should note that this time last year, <laughs> this was probably triple, right? There's three guys it on this injury book. report. It was a book. Yes. Like, it may, not have, it, it may not have fit on the screen. I mean, there's three yes. guys up here right now. Or maybe they had to change the font. So Odell right. was a DNP. It's rest. There's also a, des a knee designation, most likely just a vet day. Same thing for, well, actually, no. Michael Pierce is dealing with an illness. That's the designation under his injury category. Morgan Moses, as we mentioned up top, did return to practice. He missed uh, last week's game against the Seahawks with a shoulder. So he was a full participant on Wednesday, which trends in the right direction for his status on Sunday against Cleveland. And yet, again, Speaking to Patrick McCarry's, you know, admirable fill-in duty yet again, we never really like this isn't a huge concern whether or not he can right. go because of what Pat's been able to do for them at right tackle. So the moral of the story here is that literally nobody on the 53-man roster missed practice today <laughs> due to injury. Including Marcus Williams, who was a, another fall per, full participant for another right. week. So we'll see if they Well, he's not even on this list. He's not even on the list. Like they didn't even right. They didn't even think it like yeah. <laughs> so he's fine. Meanwhile, look at the Cleveland Browns. Talk about a role reversal. Yeah. Cleveland Browns list is never ending. How many yeah. DNPs do you have here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine DNPs and two limited. <laughs> yeah. And remember that they, they got a lot of issues up and down their offensive line. So that'll be something to, to keep in mind going into the game and, and perhaps an advantage there for for Baltimore's front defensively. It, it better not be a perhaps advantage. They better make it an advantage. <laughs> like they better eat on Deshaun Watson with, without all that. Uh, so I just threw this in here. I thought it was pretty, pretty funny when Jeff Zrebeck had tweeted, who was at practice. Uh, somebody tweeted back to him. It was great to see Lamar practicing. That limp was worrisome. Jeff responded. I'll put it this way. He sailed a throw today to Mark Andrews in warmups and in mock disgust, Jackson did a flying karate kick. <laughs> the leg looked just fine, Jeff says. <laughs> I love I love the way Jeff illustrates things online. He's hysterical. It's hilarious. So uh just a couple of quick hits here. Maybe we maybe we can fit in the Ricard thing here. We'll see. We'll do that last if there's time. But um uh, just kind of cool. We've had this story several times. We've we've read the story, but it was kind of cool to see it uh, on the sidelines during Wired. This was, I don't even know who's asking him. This is Mark Andrews doing his typical 
pricking his fingers to check his blood sugar for his diabetes. This is pretty cool. How, how did that do, brother? Check my blood sugar. Do you recognize those guys? Yeah, Every time I come off the field, yeah. I thought you it was, it was when it's, my blood sugar is a little higher. I got to give insulin, bring it down. When it's low, I take some sugar, like some Gatorade or something like that. I mean, it's just, I mean, you read about it and it's like, oh, okay, he checks his blood sugar, but then to watch him and he's like pricking his fingers, this this guy's like, what are you doing and why are you doing it so often? So. That kind of went, uh, got a little bit more viral since, you know, they, they, they got that clip out there. So more of the nation is learning what, what Mark Andrews is doing. And then after he does that and he, gots his, he gets his blood sugar even, then he goes out and dominates as we've seen him do all the time. Yeah, the national scene. It's about time you guys give 89 some due for the awesome story that he is. And, and he said, yeah, that was Raven's Wired clip. And then the, the actual clip recirculated on TikTok through uh, simply AS10, which is our guy Alex, Alex Silberman. He's mm. part of uh, Ravens Flock Twitter. So good stuff there. And um, obviously, 89 is a heck of a story. I know a huge advocate within the 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 you know the diabetes world. He's always looking out for people, especially when he meets them through the team and at camp and at practice and on game day. So it's it's pretty admirable. Tyler Linderbaum's 82.9 pass blocking grade so far this season ranks first among all centers in the NFL. So perhaps he's en route to his first Pro Bowl campaign in year two. Lamar is the highest graded QB on 10-plus yard throws this season. That's according mm. to PFF with a 97.2 mm. number. Okay. Not bad, huh? <laughs> you know, Todd Munkin deserves a hat tip on that statistic. Former Ravens fullback LaRon McLean will be Sunday's legend of the game at M&T Bank Stadium. So looking forward to seeing him pregame. ESPN's Jake Trotter is going to join us Thursday for later. And this is Thursday. So later on this afternoon, we'll have him on the show. Looking forward to that to help us preview Browns Ravens. And because we mentioned LaRon, we probably got to give Pat some love here before we close. Right. Let's do it. This is Dan Orlovsky. He was asked, like, who on this Ravens offense is, like, showing you that they're having the biggest impact? And here's why he chose Pat Ricard. But, Dan, <laughs> give us a guy that made you think he's making the biggest impact there in Baltimore. Patrick Ricard. There, I have no idea what position he plays, but his versatility allows everybody else's versatility to kind of be a forefront picture. So, first of all, he's 300 pounds. So do you treat him as a fullback, a running back? That, that would be 21 personnel, two backs and one tight end. That's Mark Andrews. Seattle matches with base defense. I got seven bigs on the field, essentially. Now they pull the backside guard. They go run fake. Ricard, again, is 300 pounds. It's like having an extra offensive lineman there. He secures the edges. And then Mark Andrews, like, look how easy of a bootleg that is. Hey, NFL, under center play action. This is one of my favorite. Okay, so Ricard is on the right side of your screen. His hand is in the dirt. Again, is he a, is he a tight end or a running back? Now, to Lamar's right is Mark Andrews at the tight end position. And what they do is unbalance. Ricard is playing tackle. They take the left tackle, move him over to right tight end. That leaves Woolen back there by himself, just as a corner. Look at all the bodies for Seattle that are over towards that un unbalanced kick. And then Lamar's zone read off the defensive end. Now I have Mark Andrews pulling leading the way, blocking a corner out in space with Lamar Jackson. So the versatility, and again, like this is the point with it for me, guys.
when he comes on the field and Mark is on the field, do you treat him as 12 personnel, like as a second tight mm-hmm. end? He's a 300-pound second tight end. Yeah. Or do when, when it's Mark Andrews, him at a back, do, do you treat him as the fullback? And then he lines up at offensive line. He lines up at tight end. He lines up in the backfield. Like his versatility, I think, allows other people yes. to be really versatile as well. Swagoo over there just, just smiling along because he just is eating it up. He loves it because he knows what he's saying. If you're a defender – and also a defensive coordinator. It's like, how do I tack this? Because I don't know if he's going to be a tight end, fullback, or a sixth offensive lineman on this play. And it's just like you can just move things around and defenses have to – it's like we've been talking about the, the versatility and flexibility on defense we have with Hamilton and Humphrey going to the slot or outside or all these defensive linemen going in different places. But – like, now you can have that on offense, too. It makes it much more difficult for a defense to prepare. Sarah, any chance I get to give some love to our guy, 42, friend of the show, first ever guest we had on here, uh, I, I take it and run because he is such an awesome story. He's been with the Ravens since 2017. He went to the University of Maine, okay? He's a four-time Pro Bowler. He started off just doing anything to get involved defensively. It wasn't until you know, a season or two in that they were like, hey, let's try you out at fullback. He was willing to play all three phases if he had to. All he wants to do is win and be involved uh, in with football one way or the other. He's what I call a glue guy. Every team needs these guys. He's just willing to do whatever it takes. And he's a heck of a teammate. He's an awesome person. Um, he and his wife are expecting here within the, you know, mm. shortly. So it's exciting for him. And I love when he gets some national attention. So kudos to to Orlovsky and, and you and I love when he catches the football too, selfishly, because it's fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Our returning patrons, these guys are supporting everything we're building here inside the channel through Patreon this month, and we appreciate them. So shout out James Wiley and shout out Tanner Mashburn. Thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you're interested in doing the same out there, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens vault podcast to learn more about what we're offering this month here inside the channel. So with that, again, later today, you'll have your official preview episode ahead of the rematch, the in-division rematch here between the Browns and Ravens. Looking forward to having Jake Trotter on the show. Get your questions in for Jake. You can hit us up on social media. You know how to find us. And for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Thursday morning vault edition. You'll hear from us later this afternoon. 